This WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. My.AFCON2010.com My.AFFCON2010.com Your social media source for AFCON 2010. The Trade Show, where affiliates always attend for free. Sign up today at My.AFCON2010.com Check out photos and videos from our past events. Plus, check out our blog and discussion forums. Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.afcon2010.com. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, happy Wednesday. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio, Search Engine Optimization Channel, stream it on SEMSynergy.com, or pick it up on iTunes. And as I'm fond of saying, all three. (laughs) You can never have enough SEM Synergy. Never. (laughs) Our guest today is Brand Glue, a company that specializes in Facebook fan page marketing. With all the ways Facebook is really dominating, I guess, the social sphere these days. And for those of you who haven't heard, recently there was an F8 developer conference. It was about a month ago. And that's when Facebook actually announced a couple of things, one of which was Open Graph, uh, some social plugins, and a tend towards connecting people, whether they want to be or not. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've talked to a number of end users on Facebook. I don't know of anybody that's happy with what the changes are. I have not heard a single happy camper out there about Facebook changes. Um, And I mean, other than the fact that Facebook has a a slight tendency to crash, like a lot, um, I... And their privacy policy keeps becoming... Less and less privacy, you know, upholding. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that what you're doing, I think they've changed their position. Their position in the beginning was, I am me. I can manage, you know, maybe 100 friends. And I want to share information with people I trust and prevent stalkers from coming after me. Right. Right. And Facebook has changed the position of those stalkers have a right to. <laughs> it, no, I, I, you know, it's funny, but it's true. Like, 
Their their original privacy policies like no one will ever see your stuff except for if you you know explicitly tell people. And now it's like, look, unless you actually make it private through this incredibly complicated and labyrinthine process, um, we're gonna tell everybody. Or just wipe it completely off because we're just gonna tell them anyway. Yeah. Or, or uh, and and you know what? Some of that stuff you you want to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> you do. You, I mean, you, I, I know you feel right now like you don't, but that's just because you're upset. When you calm down, you'll understand that we're right. It's like Google. God. <laughs> Come on. It, there's a big difference between an F and a G. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. do look very different. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and they're so far apart in the alphabet. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes, they are. We've had some interesting tests with the community pages which at first when they first came out we were like what's the point what 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 <laughs> hole is this filling and now it seems that it's um, what hole it's filling is the one that wasn't in the holes that it's not filling anything it's creating holes yeah it's just um anybody can make a million of the exact same page it, it doesn't seem like they connect back together in any way and um mm-hmm. i have three identical pages called nickels and dimes I was just making pages up, and nickels and dimes managed to work. Um, you so, can um, yeah. create pay- community pages for your competitors. And uh, Bruce, when we were talking about this earlier, mentioned it would be a great idea. Why not be a friend of all your competitors? It's great intelligence gathering. Uh, right, but are you following resource. the right community page for your? True. <laughs> for, I mean, because at this point. Because Bruce Klink was in my profile, there is now a Bruce Klink community page. We have a official fan page. Everyone has an official fan page at this point. I mean, but there is this community page that we cannot edit. We cannot control in any way. We cannot. The best we can do is be notified when they're opening it up. It, that's useless and worthless. And... But the nice thing is that it doesn't stop you from creating pages. So um, on uh, a couple Fridays ago, we were we were talking about it on Twitter, and so I created an SEO Moz community page. You know, I was talking to Jen Lopez over at SEO Moz. I was like, hey, this is the community pages I created for you. <laughs> Isn't it nice? And there was nothing she could do about it. She couldn't say, hey, this is my page, really. She shouldn't be able to have it. She just had to accept that now her competitor had her page on her. And that's a problem. Well, I deleted the page, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, a lot of people won't do the right thing. Right. You know, what will happen is I use your product. If I don't like your product, I'll go create a community page on your product and I'll just blast you. What? How is that supporting communities? The intent of a community is we have like interests and we need a way to share things, but it ought to be moderated to some degree. If it is totally unmoderated, what you're doing is you're turning this page over to the outlaws, to the vocal minority who isn't going to say anything constructive ever. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm a major brand and I have 100 million people that buy my product and three of them hate it, I'm right. doomed. <laughs> if if those three happen to go create a community page, yeah, you are. You're absolutely just out of luck. And it used to be that a brand had some protections with a copyright, something like that. You know, you say, look, you're violating my copyright. 
you have to take this page down because of that. But now the new rules, a brand that takes that action is going to be seen as backwards. Um, if you take a look at a brand like Nestle, who has a fan page, I believe. Is an yeah, official fan they had page. a fan page and they said, we love that you love our products, but if your avatar is of the Nestle logo in any way, we're going to delete your comment. Because that's our logo. It's trademarked. We have to protect it. And the backlash was amazing. Enormous. People feel entitled to that because they are fans of it, right? Which has been a problem, I mean, forever with fans. Fans feel like they're connected to something, and so they want to have a piece of it. And so they take and modify and use copyrighted content. But everything is so magnified on the web, and it doesn't go away that you you have to roll with the infringement almost. I don't really pretend to be a lawyer, but I do know that I can write about a brand and use the brand name because it's newsy. Uh, I can create a parody about a brand, and I can use it because it's, well, it may be newsy as well, but it's comedy. Um, I can describe things. But if I use it to intercept trade, right. then I cannot do that. If I use it uh, in a way that is an unreasonable, unfair um, Federal Trade Commission kind of thing, I cannot use your brand to better my position. Uh, what are we going to do about that? I mean, because even if I have – if I lose control of Facebook, I'm going to withdraw from Facebook. And most of the people I know hate it. They are they're deleting everything and they're they're totally prepared to go elsewhere. Yeah. And you can't actually completely delete yourself from Facebook. There's a Facebook group about how to completely delete yourself from Facebook, which is really ironic. Um, as an individual, I wouldn't recommend it as a brand. You still have to keep paying attention. But it's it, it I mean it is complicated and and but, it's not going to get any easier as time goes on. The only good thing about Facebook, uh, as I understand it from all the people I've talked to, is Mafia Wars has its own server and it's not dependent upon Facebook anymore. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I hid Mafia Wars a long time ago. Anyway, it's time for a quick break. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is ad- AdMedia.com. 
AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. CEO Coach. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by David Turner, who's the technical lead at Brand Glue, a firm specializing in the Facebook platform. Thanks for joining us on the show, David. Not a problem. Glad to be here. So there's been a lot of discussion about Facebook in the past weeks as users adjust to some of the changes that have been rolling out and marketers take inventory of a lot of new opportunities. And with David here, I thought we could take a look at some of these opportunities, both new and old, for marketing on Facebook. Yeah. But, you know, Facebook is really taking off and people are really starting to take this seriously. Um, and looking at it, and especially with Facebook promoting itself as much as it really is, uh, all all markets are looking at Facebook um, to be a part of their marketing solution, to be a part of their PR solution. Um, previously, it felt like only big brands were going to be in this, and now it's mom and pop shops looking to spread their word on Facebook too. It's fantastic. Except um, it's still for mom and pop shops. It's still a matter of figuring out what works. And one of the interesting things about the way that brand glue works with Facebook is it's very conversion focused. That's very true. You know, uh, Virginia, let's, I'd like to start off and, you know, how many pages are you a fan of personally? Um, I'm probably not the best example. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, uh, um, maybe a, a 10 or so at most? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Even better. So, you know, one of the things that we, we focus on at BrainGlue is um, focusing on converting users to becoming fans or liking a page. Actually, I'm a fan of zero uh, fan pages right now, but I, I think I'm a little bit of a special circumstance because what my problem is is with the privacy issues. I actually have been a fan of lots of pages, but with all the changes and now with the whole open graph thing, my and my concern is that this data is going to be shared without my ability to lock it down with the privacy settings. I don't, I don't think most users are concerned about it right now. It will affect them as they start to uh, look for look more about themselves. So let's say they're looking for a new job and they want to see what their presence is online. And then all of a sudden they see some pictures from college that they really didn't want to. Um, I think that's when people are going to start getting concerned. Facebook is constantly changing 
Um, they're in one of the things that they're changing is their privacy policy. We're seeing a little bit of a backlash from some of the very users, the power users of Facebook that don't want everything shared. But right now, the general user just probably doesn't understand what the ramifications of the new Open Graph API and um, the integration with websites um, that Facebook now offers. Okay, so for the typical user, they're still liking pages. So what's the way to get a person from visiting a Facebook fan page to becoming a fan or liking that page? Right, so one of the things that we like to focus on is allowing, um, giving a, a, a specific landing tab that helps introduce new people to the, to the A, to the brand, and B, to the conversation. Um, the reason for that is if I were to go specifically to this new, uh, maybe a brand that I'm familiar with but not intimately familiar with, and I look at the wall and I say, all right, well, that's what you're kind of talking about. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to come back. If I go to a landing tab and I see that they're talking about this and that and it's a very informative about the company, then we can say, oh, well, this is very interesting to me. I'm going to like this. And then go over to the wall tab and check out all the other stuff on there. By getting them to convert to a fan that way, by saying, here's what we're talking about, here's what we're doing, um, you know, become a fan like us. Uh, you're getting in their news feed. And so that's, that's really what we strive to do is, is promote the news feed. Um, that's how you're going to get people to come back. That's how you're going to tell them what you're doing. That's how you're going to sell the product that you're working on. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to inform these people that way. Um, so you need the you need to convert them to becoming a fan, and then talking about stuff and trying to get that um, algorithm working for you in the newsfeed. I really like that idea of having a like kind of customized landing tab because if you are some uh, like a company with a, a very segmented user base, people are there for different reasons. Then isn't that the worst? Maybe putting off a different kind of customer because you're talking about something that pertains to a different uh, your, a different segment of the customers, that would be a kind of scary prospect. But as far as getting in the news feed goes, you guys were actually uh, in the Wall Street Journal. You were featured there this week or last week. And uh, the article is called The Black Art of Writing Facebook Updates. And it explains that the way that the different updates show up in the news feed is kind of a, a secret, but there are ways to get that to be more likely. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah. So what we generally say is to try to look at either two types of, of wall posts, if you're going to make them. One is either a binary question, something that's yes or no. So that when someone says, you know, yes or no, do you, uh, agree with this statement or do you like this this new product or whatever it is, they can say yes or no, or maybe they'll add a comment, but that like button, that's where that, that ease of just clicking like and getting on with it makes everything so much better. So that if you've got a, a post that's got a bunch of likes and maybe a comment or two about that, you know, you're going to see a bump in the newsfeed from all those interactions. The other type of post that we like to see is something that asks a very direct, a very direct question. So if you've, um, you know, something like, what did you eat for breakfast is not going to be a good question for someone on your newsfeed if you're Quaker Oats. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're saying, you know, do you like blueberry or strawberry uh, syrup on your oatmeal, 
that's something that someone can come back to and ask. You've already kind of made up their minds of what the answer is going to be. It's going to be this or that. Um, and it really kind of helps uh, generate a conversation and lead the users into what you want. Um, getting those interactions is what's important. So making it as easy as possible is um, what you want to look for. Okay. Narrowing down the options is kind of along the lines of giving a kind of call to action, uh, which is something that I know you recommend as far as uh, those updates. At least it was part of the Wall Street Journal article there. And when we're talking about conversions on Facebook, is it basically just becoming a fan of the page or is there a way to bring people back to your site? Well, the, the way to bring people back to the site, so you want to you want to focus on converting the fan in hopes that you can talk about something that's maybe off-site that they're willing to go and look at. So maybe you're sharing something. Um, if you're a clothing retailer, maybe you're sharing a new pair of jeans. Um, it's, that's off-site. But you're sharing it through the wall, through Facebook, through a, a, a mechanism that you've already got set in place, which is that newsfeed. And for the landing page, is that something anybody can do? I know there are a lot of different applications available that allow face, uh, fan pages to be customized. Do you think that like the customization beyond that uh, landing page is important, or uh, is the default framework pretty good for most people? So I would I normally suggest the default framework is going to be good. Um, not only that, but Facebook users, um, if you've got... 10 tabs on here that do all these fancy things, people aren't going to see them. And they may come there the first time when they're liking it, like we go and visit it for the first time, but they're not going to come back to your site. So unless you're really getting them to interact um, with the very uh, limited amount of things, like so if you've got a landing page and maybe some photos, people love photos, videos in your wall and your info, you're probably going to be good. If you've got a bunch of other stuff, People just aren't going to use it, and so you're wasting your time and wasting your money, um, in my opinion. If you look at optimizing your newsfeed and really paying attention and putting your efforts there, you'll see a much higher conversion rate for whatever you're trying to promote. And that's what we're doing as marketers. We're trying to promote products. Um, so the, the fancy tabs isn't going to get the reward spread around. isn't going to get you more um, interactions. It's just going to kind of get in the way. I think um – from speaking with you, it sounds like fan pages are really a strong tool for uh, businesses right now looking to get into the social space. But are you looking at all at the changes with Open Graph and some of the social plugins? Yeah, so, you know, the newsfeed and uh, newsfeed optimization is going to be the new um, source engine, or mm. I'm sorry, search engine optimization. You know, that's, that's where we're heading. And okay. the, the more Facebook definitely keeps this newsfeed um, under wraps as far as the algorithm goes, just like Google does with PageRank. Um, and ironically enough, Facebook calls it EdgeRank. Um, so it's they are being secret about it because they know it's going to be so, it's so important and they don't want spammers to take care of it. And Facebook is always on top of their spammers um, and, and doing that too because of that reason. Um, because it's going to be such a big because it's going to be such a big deal coming up here, especially with the expansion to outsourced, uh, out, outside domains, um, the, the new social plugins and whatnot that you were mentioning. Great. Thank you so much, David. You can find David on Twitter, uh, W. David Turner, or you can find BrandGlue at BrandGlue.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BrandGlue and find out more about newsfeed optimization. This is a great, interesting concept, and I think you would agree that Facebook is uh, – 
really the next big marketing platform. It definitely is. And as Facebook starts to implement some more of these ideas that they have and build this um, semantic internet with building off of uh, likes as opposed to links, we're definitely going to see Facebook become a more prominent um, part of our toolbox as marketers. Awesome. Lots of stuff in store. And uh, thank you again for sharing this insight with us. And you can also find Brand Glue on Twitter at Glue. After the break, we'll be back talking about a requested topic, SEO and W3C validation. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadaLogic, and Avonquest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Anyway, I ask? That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you aren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. The WordPress Community Podcast. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Susan, and I'm here with Virginia and Aaron. And a few weeks ago, we were hanging out in the Webmaster Radio chat room during the show, and we got a good suggestion to talk about. And so we're going to talk today about W3C validation. And does it matter for SEO? Is it just sort of a bonus? What's the overlap? And so, Aaron, you're our expert. You start. Okay. Um, well, basically, it came down to whether if, uh, from the chat, whether W3C validation has a direct 
input into rankings. So if you make your site valid when it isn't valid, if your if your rankings will go up pretty much for all of your key terms around the board just because it's now validated. And I think personally, I think that's false. I don't think uh, I don't think search engines, Google or any search engine really can expect every single webmaster or every single site owner to have a totally W3C compliant site and rate the site's intent and content and everything that you need when you're doing a keyword search based on those uh, requirements. Okay, but so all other things being equal, if you have a site that is perfect in every way but it's not W3C validated and then you've got a site that's perfect in every way SEO-wise in both cases and it is W3C validated, if we're talking about that final break-even point why wouldn't the engines at least consider it? As a tiebreaker that far down, I mean, maybe, I guess. the. I think they have so many other things they look at that getting to that point where it's, you know, site A is exactly like site B, except for it has a missing slash before the end tag thing. You know, like nobody, that type of granularity, I don't think really happens. I mean, there's... There's there's re- definite reasons that factor into SEO why you should make your page W3C compliant, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your pages rank well just because they're W3C compliant. You still have to have all the other stuff that we talk about on this show and everywhere. You know, you have to have good links, you have to have content, you have to have everything right, and and the W3C. You know, as long as as the search engine is indexing the stuff that you want uh, correctly, then the W three C validation probably doesn't matter. You know, doesn't matter as much. What about um, speed? I know that you know if the spiders are going crawling through, and they're expecting you know to read as the W three C kind of sets the rules. Right. And if they get tripped up on something, could it maybe affect speed? Uh, it could, although it probably won't affect speed so much. Um, as it will uh, affecting what they index. So uh, the example uh, that was brought up in that chat uh, was a page that had all sorts of weird errors. They had links going out that had uh, what looked like escaped HTML tags inside of the links. Um, And that obviously is a problem with validation. Right. Something is not coded right in that instance. Um, and, And so... Validating your content, validating your web pages, obviously helps with those kinds of things. Is it more a case of SEO best practices and W three C compliance overlaps largely, but isn't exactly the same? Yeah, I think so. I mean, W three C compliance is is more of a yeah, like a good practice. Everybody should do it because that's what browsers are made to to render that's what search engines at least initially are are made to parse i mean you got to realize that every search engine has their own parser or crawler so when they go to a when they go to a web page they're going to get the same content that your browser gets and they're going to index it in a way that's you know built custom for that search engine google has a different crawler than yahoo yahoo has a different crawler than bing and, and so on uh the closer your pages are to being w3c valid um then the less likely there is a chance for errors when indexing your content. So maybe content that's further down the page will, you know, if your site's not W3C 
compliant, you have content further down the page, it might not get indexed because if the error causes the the parser inside of the crawler to to choke, then it's not going to index that content or those links or any of that stuff. And so uh, the case uh, that was made in that chat was much like that where it wasn't right, and so they were counting links that weren't really links, and uh, and, and that really made some of the indexing of their sites suffer, which affected rankings. Right. And fixing that obviously fixed all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you make an interesting point about um, viewing it in multiple browsers. That's just good best practices design-wise, is, is testing your site in multiple browsers, testing it for mobile browsers, because, it, I mean, it really does go beyond whether or not the search engines can read it. You should also be sure that it's going to render properly and you're not going to lose customers because they're seeing this thing that is totally weird. Right. And, I mean, and, and the search engine crawlers are the same way. I mean, they've, they've spent time tweaking those parsers to accept a lot of malformed HTML because there's a lot of it. I mean, there's, there's still plenty of sites that are made in, you know, like WYSIWYG editors that just put in tags you know, that you don't know about. There's still, uh, well, I guess not anymore. There was a bunch of GeoCity sites. I mean, there's, you know, all those <laughs> sites. Yeah, all those sites that are kind of pre, prefabricated, you know, are going to have errors because people that make them don't know how to code HTML, mm-hmm. at least the majority of them. So, um, and, and Google and, and Bing and Yahoo and your browsers, all of them have had to make customizations inside of the code that renders the HTML or parses the HTML to accept those. And I have a hard time believing that Google would directly put into their algorithm, just ignore all that part of the code and make it so that it's a switch. If W3C valid is on, then this site gets higher rankings. I, I don't think that would happen. They try to, I think they have a, they try to parse everything equally and treat it as, as an equal page among its peers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we certainly recommend to clients that they, run the, the validator and, yeah, and try I mean, and be compliant. But yeah. It's totally best practice for everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it will fix indexing problems that you may not know you have in a search engine, which is always good too because you want the search engine to see exactly what you see because otherwise it'd be pointless to even do SEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, we're out of time. I think that explains our take on the matter. Um, so check out scmsynergy.com for more about this week's show and follow us on Twitter at scmsynergy. If you have internet marketing questions or anything else you want to hear about on the show, send an email to scmsynergy at bruceclay.com or just come in the chat room and (laughs) offer suggestions because then we'll talk about them. Uh, and come back next week for more industry info and experts. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.